welcome to the McCovey Chronicles Happy Hour podcast. This week, I was joined by Sam Bradfield of Purple Row. Sam and I talk about her dual loyalties between the Colorado Rockies and the Arizona Diamondbacks, her experience covering the minor leagues, Troy Tulowitzki's retirement announcement, and she tells us about the time she asked literally everyone on the team about their experience with playing musical instruments. If you've ever wanted to know what Nolan Arenado played in school, you won't want to miss it. Without further ado, here's my interview with Sam. Sam Bradfield. Sam, how are you? I'm good, Sammy. How are you? I'm good. We got two Sams today. Woohoo! Um, so before we get going, can you tell our listeners a little about yourself and what you do? Um, so I write for Purple Row, which is the Colorado Rockies SB Nation blog. I've done that for about a year and a half now. I started, I uh, was brought on December, actually Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th, uh, 2017, which was really cool. Um, just kind of happened. And I mean, like I, the story of how I got started here, I met this couple who's, uh, I was in Phoenix at the time and met this couple who was visiting Chase Field um, on their like tour of 30 ballparks. And that was their ballpark of the year. And they were from actually the town I'm living in now in, in Denver. And we sat and we talked and we became friends on Facebook and it was this whole big thing. And I saw that uh, the wife had liked Purple Row on Facebook. So I was like, oh, this is a Rockies thing. I should probably like them too. And a couple weeks after that, uh, Eric Garcia McKinley, who's our managing editor, put out the like call for writers. And I was like, why not? I applied and uh, was brought on. And then about six months later in June, I was uh, promoted to assistant editor. Um, yeah, I had spent time. I was in Phoenix at that point. I just moved up from Phoenix about a month ago. Um, so I was really, really close. I was about three exits from the Rocky spring training facility. Mm -hmm. And so, so I spent some time going in and, you know, interviewing players and getting to know the media and just kind of seeing what it was like to be a sports journalist, baseball writer type person. So that was super fun. Uh, before I moved, I was actually, I was a music teacher, went to school for music education and spent three years as an elementary school band teacher and at four elementary schools in the North Phoenix area. So yeah, kind of a music and sports kind of gal, which you don't see a lot of, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say I was the same. I never taught, but I was in um, I was in music my whole education career. So, oh, instrumental uh, or vocal? Um, instrumental, and so I was in um, concert and marching band, and I played French horn, and I was also in color guard. So, yeah, I kept busy. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I, I played flute and piccolo. Uh, my boyfriend plays French horn, actually. Oh, so cool. That, that's cool. Yeah, you don't meet a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we do this quiz every time, but we get to know somebody new, and it's our getting to know you quiz. And our first question is, if you were commissioner for a day, what would you change? I think my biggest thing right now is that I would ha I would allow, I guess, universal access to the to watching the games on television on mlb.tv because now now being in denver it's a challenge for me to watch the rockies because i can't afford cable mm -hmm. and i don't want to just like sit at a bar and cover a game um every night or at least every wednesday yeah <laughs> so it it seems really kind of silly that they still have out have the blackout restrictions when they could sell a package for just that team but i guess it's something to do with the tv rights 
Yeah, I mean, I know they they do sell like you can buy MLB TV for just your team, right? But, but that's out of market. Like they should sell yeah. it in market. I feel like they make a killing with so many people cutting cable, right? And especially because you know in such you know such a big area like you know the Bay Area or LA or even like Chicago, some of those bigger cities where you know the the Dodgers are popular in Nevada and all of California and you know even parts of you know, I don't know, Oregon, maybe like, I mean, there's just like a huge, or That's even, you know, territory. right. Okay. <laughs> but, or even, you know, going on the East coast, thinking about, you know, the yeah. Yankees and the Red Sox, pretty much all of new England is blacked out from that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's, so I'm sure there's some reason for it, but I still, I think it's ridiculous. Oh yeah. There's like, so much money to be made. People would pay just to watch their team locally. Well, and even like from a covering the game standpoint, like I cover every Wednesday and now that I'm local i have to listen to it i mean don't get me wrong jack corrigan and jerry shem will do a great job but like when you're just listening to the radio broadcast you really have to like pay more attention you can't just like be doing something else and out of the corner of your eye you hear cheers and right you know watch david Dahl hit a home run <laughs> right and that's the other thing is you can't see what's happening so it's harder to, it's, you have to kind of depend on the description on the radio and, right. you know, they do a good job. Most most radio broadcasters do, but it's not the same. And it's, I find it's harder to come up with the words to describe it when you can't see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the second question is, if you had to give an impromptu TED Talk, what could you talk about at length? So I spent a lot of time thinking about this today. I was like, you know, brainstorming with my boyfriend and just like sitting in a coffee shop going, what in the world could I talk about? for a TED talk. And like the thing that I think I came up with, you know, based off of research of like what makes a good TED talk and all this kind of stuff. I was like, you know, I could talk about what a great city Phoenix is for young millennials kind of starting out because it's, it's really in the middle of a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's seven hours to Albuquerque. It's only five hours to San Diego, seven or eight to LA, depending on traffic couple hours from Mexico, four hours to Vegas, like we've got nine months of baseball, you know, the weather's great. You don't have to worry about snow. I mean, yes, it gets super duper hot in the summer, but like Chase Field is air conditioned. Um, State Farm Stadium where the Cardinals play is air conditioned. You just kind of stay inside. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking, you know, I spent I spent four years there and it was really it was a really good place for me to start out. So I think if I had to, you know, kind of tell my story and do the do the whole TED talk thing I think I could talk for a while about what a great city Phoenix is and don't don't overlook it <laughs> yeah that's great yeah I've never actually I've never been to Arizona um I feel like the heat would be unbearable though like is it just you never go outside well I mean you go outside I mean the thing is they crank the AC down to like what feels like 50 degrees and you sit and you sit inside for a while and you start shivering and it's just awful. And then you walk outside and you're like, this isn't so bad. And then you walk to your car like 10 steps later and then it's bad. But like, the, <laughs> honestly, the heat never really bothered me during the day when it was 110 or 115 or whatever. Yes, it's hot, but you kind of expect it to be hot when it's, when it's sunny out. The, right. the thing that always got me was when the sun went down and it was still, you know, 105, 100 degrees. It, that was when it really irritated me because you'd never really cooled down. Right. Um, I feel like we've so, got some of that in the Central Valley here in California. We have a lot yeah. of those nights in the summertime. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that was the part that always bothered me was when it was just, you know, hot after dark. That always was weird to me. But, I mean, like, during the day you expect it. It's still hot. It's still terrible. But 
it's at least expected, I suppose. <laughs> is it a dry heat or is it humid? It's very dry, which is awesome. Like living in Denver now, I think it was like 25% humidity yesterday and it was just awful. <laughs> I've my whole life I've bounced between Arizona and Colorado. I was, you know, born in Phoenix, Whoa, raised in Colorado. That's some and extreme then, differences there. A little bit. I mean, like you get the the weather up here. I mean, it still gets hot. I mean, it was like 95, but we're, you know, up a mile high. So it's closer to the sun. And I always say, you know, 95 in Denver is like, you know, 110 in Phoenix because you're higher up. So yeah. it's kind of the same kind of the same thing. I mean, I was in 70 degrees in Phoenix and 75 degrees in Flagstaff, which is very much like Denver um, in Arizona. And it, you know, 70 degrees in Phoenix is much cooler than 70 degrees in Flagstaff. So yeah, so I've kind of bounced around my whole life. So I've never like never really yeah between Phoenix and Denver, I've never really had to deal with super humid all the time for more than like a week at Disney World. <laughs> so okay, so our third question is favorite ballpark food from any park. And it sounds like you've got some experience, so you might have a tough decision to make. I uh, yeah, I have I have a few actually. So I think I went to. Um, well, then AT&T Park last summer, we took a trip to San Francisco and we went and had, you know, had to catch a Giants game because they were in town and I was like, and the A's were in town. So I was like, Justin, we have to go to, you know, we can hit both of them and he's not a baseball guy. So he was like, you can pick one. I will go to one <laughs> game. I will, I will put up with one game. And so you, we went and saw the Giants. wisely. <laughs> yeah. I've, I mean, I had heard that stadium was beautiful. So, so we went to the, it was a Giants Cardinals game. Mm-hmm. And we had we had those garlic fries, and the garlic fries were good. Yes. Um, but an underrated one that I think when you hear this, you're gonna go, that sounds really weird, but it's really good. Um, at Chase Field, they have uh, America's Taco Shop, which is a local. I think it's a local AZ chain, and they have really, really, really good bean burritos. Mm-hmm. So yeah, going to a ballpark and getting a bean burrito probably sounds like going to a gas station and getting a bean burrito, but I have <laughs> never, I've never had any issues. And like, even going to a couple beer vendors who saw I had, you know, had the burrito, they're like, oh yeah, you know, you guys chose wisely. This is the, you know, that's where we eat. So yeah, oh, Chase nice. Field has really, really good bean burritos at America's Taco Shop if you're ever in that area. All right. That's a new one for us. <laughs> Um, so we like to ask everybody what made you fall in love with either baseball or your, your team. So what's your story? Um, I fell in love with baseball because my grandpa went, um, who died in 99, may he rest in peace. Um, so I was really little and he, like, he was a baseball guy. So he would, you know, take, you know, afternoon meetings and go, you know, sit at the White Sox game and keep score. Uh, (laughs) it was like his thing and always, um, like when the, when the grandkids were old enough, he would always teach everybody to keep score. And unfortunately I wasn't old enough when he died. I was six. Um, so I, I didn't get that opportunity, but you know, I, I taught myself how to do that a few years ago, but since I lived in Phoenix, he'd come down every year for spring training and we'd hit up a couple of spring training games. And that was, that was a big thing. And then when we moved to Denver, it kind of, kind of fell by the wayside because my dad, and my brother, really aren't into sports and you know baseball is one of those sports you either love it or you find it boring and just kind of you'll deal with it at the ballpark mm-hmm. uh, and so that was kind of how my family was for a while we, you know we'll go and we'll watch the team and kind of get the ballpark experience but then when the Rockies you know went on their run in 2007 was when I really started paying attention again and got really really into it and started following them enough and then got to to college and dated a guy who was really, really into sport, different guy that I'm dating now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was really, really into sports and got me to the point where I understood it enough to be able to watch it on TV and not be bored. 
And so now I'm able to watch it on TV and not get bored. And <laughs> that's you know important. now now I cover the team and you know getting into yeah getting into baseball was a big thing. And then just yeah getting into Purple Row and finding you know Arizona Fall League was a really big turning point for me. I think I started going in in 2016 and I watched like Ryan McMahon compete and they have it's not a home run derby but they have like a hitting challenge where they have to like they have a bunch of hula hoops around like the kind of the arc around home plate Mm -hmm. they put a bunch of hula hoops and they have to bunt in there and then they have all sorts of like inflatables and targets and trampolines and like it's like this mini golf kind of thing and they have (laughs) they hit over the dragon they get 10 points and if they hit it under the flag then they get i don't remember the all of the rules but basically it's like a hitting skills thing. It's not a home run derby, but it's right, a, home, no, it's a hitting a skills challenge. Yeah, exactly. And it was super cool. So I watched him. He actually won that year. That was 2016. And so I actually, you know, I met him and I got his autograph. And I, at that point, had broken up with the guy that I was in dating in college. We had been together for five years. And I was in a, I was in a new city with a job at that point that I didn't want and ended up staying for three years and loved it after I left. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works out. Yeah. And so I started going to the Folly games and it was nice because there's like 20 people there. It's like mm-hmm. the families and the scouts and some of the GMs and like the host families and like 10 other fans. Mm-hmm. And so just going there and being able, you know, to hear the umpires talk and hear the crack of the bat and the smack of the uh, the catcher's mid and just hear everybody talking to everybody was a great way to just go out and sit and decompress. And yeah. it's it's cheap. It's like eight bucks and you can sit wherever you want all like I mean, literally behind home plate if you want for eight yeah. bucks. So that really like re-sparked my joy for baseball. And then the next year, the D-backs had the had their first summer pass, and so I went to like I don't even know I don't even know how many games <laughs> that year. But that you know it was just nice to find something to do that was relatively cheap. And so yeah. Okay, I think we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Sam. So did you find yourself becoming a, a bit of a Diamondbacks fan while you were living in Arizona? Honestly, yes. Okay. Uh, because because you know I was living there, and again it was the local team, so it was easy to, you know, to go to a bunch of D-backs games. I still, you know, I root for the D-backs when they're not playing the Rockies, just because right. they were kind of kind of my hometown team. I'm split between all the Arizona oh. and, the, and Colorado teams. <laughs> so wait, I'm sorry, I think I missed something. So are you from initially from Arizona, and then you moved to Denver, and then back and forth again? Yeah, yeah. So I was oh, okay. born. Yeah, born in Phoenix and then moved to Denver in 2000 and grew, like grew up here, grew up with the Rockies and the Broncos and all that kind of stuff. And then went back to Flagstaff, Arizona for college. I went to Northern Arizona University to study music. And then um, I had to stay in Arizona for student teaching. So I moved down to Phoenix because it was a bigger city with more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so and then I ended up staying there for for my job. Right. And, and yeah, so I was there for four in Phoenix for four years and. Yeah, definitely found myself rooting for the Diamondbacks. I have a couple of, well, I have a lot of D-backs shirts, some five <laughs> K, some five K shirts, some of just like, you know, Science Day and Opening Day and just mm. random shirts and a couple of Jake Lamb T-shirts. So I have a bunch of autographed D-backs baseballs. I have a bunch of like Rockies bobbleheads, mm-hmm. but I have a bunch of D-backs signed baseballs. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find that? Do you find it kind of hard because they're in the same division to like have two favorite teams? I think it can be tricky, especially, you know, because they're very, very similar and they kind of always have been. I actually wrote an article about this on Purple Row, I think about this time last year, about how the D-backs and Rockies are kind of, you know, they're more rivals than people think they are. Mm -hmm. 
because they're they're so similar. It seems like when the Rockies are good, the D-backs are good, and when the, right. you know when they're, when they're both bad, they're both bad, and when they're you know kind of and then right now they're both kind of mediocre-ish. They're you know holding their own, but no, right, don't but quite they've both know. Like been been playoff contenders the last couple of seasons, right? I mean, the only thing that you know they would have both made the playoffs last year if the D-backs hadn't forgotten how to baseball in September. Oh, so geez, that's kind of important to remember. <laughs> little bit, you know, back-to-back home runs by Archie Bradley to Matt Kemp certainly, you know, kind of killed them last year. Yeah. But. So, um, maybe I can ask you about both teams, but, um, so what were your expectations going into this season kind of versus your expectations now? So that's, I think that's a little bit of a tricky question because like when the season started, I was really optimistic. I think I had the, I think I had them winning around like 90 games, Mm -hmm. uh, 90, 91, somewhere in there, excuse me. And, um, and since then, I mean, I've, I've been paying a little bit, honestly, more attention to kind of how the minor league teams are doing, but, uh, especially now that I can't watch my team on TV, uh, (laughs) that makes it more difficult anyway. So I think with with how they're playing right now and, you know, just being being around the team and being in the clubhouse has given me like this whole different perspective on fandom, because, you know, when you're in the in the press box, you're not allowed to cheer for the team and just which which is fine. You know, I, I completely get it. But just being around them and understanding they're people and they're humans and this is their job and they're doing the best they can. They're not just like pawns in a gladiator match. Um you know, I find myself sitting in the stands just kind of watching the game while my mom is sitting next to me, like, hooping and hollering and, right. you know, being all upset. You know, John Gray misses a pitch on the outside corner, and then the next, you know, and then she'll, you know, go after him. And then on the next pitch, you know, he'll strike the guy out and she'll cheer. And I <laughs> – so um, – Does that feel – is that kind of difficult? To, well, when you were first starting, was it kind of difficult to adjust to that rule? Because it seems kind of arbitrary, but I guess you don't want to interrupt people, but – I don't see why people can't at least, you know, like fist bump or something when something good happens. Yeah, well, it was explained to me as you as you know, as media, you have to be unbiased. Which I, you know, you're you're covering the team. You're covering a team. You're not unbiased, right? But but like technical, with us, it's fan sites. Whereas like MLB.com or like for us, the Denver Post, like they're just you know, you know, or even the Athletic to a certain extent, like they're just they're local. It's local coverage. So. Whereas like Purple Row and even, you know, uh, McCovey Chronicles is, you know, it, we're supposed to be fans. We're supposed to, we're fan blogs. So it, that's definitely been an adjustment. Uh, I did get caught my, my one time that I, I mean, sometimes I'll kind of, you know, yes, they're just like something, try you know, subtle, try to be subtle. I did get caught cheering in the press box last summer. It was really bad. It was Rockies Mets game. And Ryan McMahon hit like a go ahead to run Homer or something. And I don't remember what inning. But I, I mean, Ryan, like ever since I, you know, kind of not discovered, but like met Ryan at Fall League a couple of years ago, he's been like my guy. He's my yeah. favorite. I told I told him last year that if if he made the opening day roster, I'd get a, a Ryan McMahon shirt jersey thing. And so so I did. And, nice. and so he hit a two run homer against the Mets. And I just, you know, put my hands up and just let out this. Woo! <laughs> and immediately death stares. Well, just immediately realized what happened. And so, you know, took my hands down and kind of put my head down and started trying to work. And it was just kind of like, oh, God, I hope nobody notices. And then then Nick Groke, who is our local athletic guy, um, turns to me and goes, yeah, you're not supposed to do that. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I know. I'm sorry. 
Um, that doesn't sound like any fun. But no, I get he, it. I get it. It's for credentials and all that. Are you yeah. credentialed? I am, yeah. Oh, cool. Or, or at least, like, get the daily credentials. Gotcha. But any, anyway, back to the original point of Sorry. expectations. No, no, that's me getting off on tangents. So I think I'm not as much on the, like, emotional roller coaster, I don't think, as a lot of my, like, fellow purple rowers are, even just, like, the general, you know, diehard Rockies fans. I feel like, you know, even when they went 3-12 and 12 to start the season, I was sitting there going, okay, yes, it's bad, but at least it's April. It's early. It's early. It's early. It's early. Give it till Memorial Day. Give it till Memorial Day. And they actually turned it around, and we're half-decent by Memorial Day. And then, you know, even now, I mean, it's it's bad, but I'm not, like, you well, know, it's... I feel like I'm not crying for the team to be blown up just yet. <laughs> well, right, and that's what's funny is because this year all of, like, the middle teams are so clumped together so closely. I mean, you guys are only, like, three games back of the Giants who are thinking they're wildcard contenders, which – I mean, we won't get into that, but <laughs> but because like the race isn't nobody's really run away with those wild card spots yet. It feels like anybody could come back and be a contender at this point because everybody's kind of like keeping pace with each other. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Which is weird to think that like a, a team that's just, like one game over five hundred thinks that they're contenders, but you know that's the anything year. can that's happen. Baseball, yeah, yeah, that's baseball <laughs> exactly. Um, so what has been your favorite experience covering the team so far? Um, I think like, well, my first, my first experience was when Carlos Gonzalez was re-signed. That was the first day I was ever like credentialed. And that was a very much a like first day on the job kind of thing. Like yeah. <laughs> that was, that was interesting, but next day was better. Um, <laughs> so that yeah, that was my first experience. I think Going beyond that, I, so I wrote this article last year, last summer, about Rockies who played musical instruments because the, the story broke on Twitter of um, the pitcher for the, I think he's still on the White Sox, who played French horn. And so they did this video where they gave him a French horn for the first time like since high school and to see if he could still play it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's super cool. And I'm a band teacher, so... Right? why not, you know, <laughs> see who, see who else did. And so I asked like literally every single guy in the clubhouse, except for maybe a couple of bullpen guys, like every guy that I could come up with, mm-hmm. uh, if they had played a musical instrument or if they had kind of any musical experiences. And, uh, a lot of them were kind of like, no, not really. Or even like, uh, again, McMahon was like, no, nah, I didn't play one, but like, I'm going to help you f- try to find someone who did. I'm trying to oh, think, cool. I think, I think, I think Kyle, I think Kyle Freeland played one, played something. I'm like, it was like after a game, so we were, so everybody was kind of out and about doing their own thing. But then, like, I had a really good interview with Nolan Arenado. That was the first time I'd ever talked to him, and he he and I talked for like ten minutes. He played clarinet when he oh, was in wow. fourth grade, <laughs> and Kyle Freeland played trumpet through mm-hmm. middle school. And um, I had a really good interview with John Gray. I mean, he played bass, so not quite like band instrument like I was music. hoping for. It was still music, yeah. And so he and I had a really great interview to the point where, like, afterward, he was like, he turned to me and he was like, "It was a really fun interview. Thanks for that." <laughs> and then even Buddy Black asked me in like in the in the dugout, he was like, "Oh, you know, what are you writing about?" And I told him, and he was like, he turned. I think it was to Spill, uh, Ryan Spielberg, Spilly, and was like, "Oh yeah, I, I I played the trumpet for like three days, but then I was told <laughs> not to continue because I didn't have the lung capacity. Make sure you write that down. I had no lung capacity." <laughs> So I think that that was really fun being able to do that. Well, it sounds uh, like they had fun doing it. 
Yeah, they definitely did. It was something, you know, something different, not just, hey, how are you doing this summer? And they don't have to give the same canned answers they always do. Right. That's been the interesting thing about covering the minor leagues um, also is a lot of a lot of those guys, you know, because they don't deal with media very often. You know, a lot of times you can get a little bit more out of them. I had, you know, I did the Fall League. I talked to Josh Fuentes, who's Nolan, Nolan Arnado's cousin. Um, yeah, he's in the AAA system right now. He mm-hmm. was PCL MVP last year, and he had a really good campaign last year. Uh, this year, been kind of okay. Yeah. And then uh, Sam Hilliard, who's an outfielder. Justin Lawrence, who's in AA right now. He's a relief pitcher. And then Tyler Nevin, who's the son of Phil Nevin for uh, the Yankees. And um, they're both in AA. So I talked to them, and then last, uh, last week went down and talked to Fuentes and Hilliard again, and then talked to Dom Nunez, who's like the Rockies' top catching prospect, mm-hmm. and then uh, Rico Garcia and Ben Bowden, who are a couple of their pitching prospects. And even just, I wrote my Dom Nunez article today, and it's going to be published on Monday. And going through and copying quotes, and man, some of them are really long. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is great. Instead of go, you know, yeah, you're getting more to work with. Right. But then it's, you know, sometimes because they just talk and talk and talk and it's hard to, you know, without taking a breath a lot like I'm kind of doing right now, (laughs) Uh, you know, but, you know, they talk for a while. It's hard to even find a break to put in a, you know, he said or, you know, cut out something. Right. So, you know, where you'll go into the Rockies clubhouse and you'll ask Trevor Story something. He's like, yep, didn't do very good. Yep. I think I tweaked my thumb. I hope I'm okay. Yeah. And you're like. Okay. At what point do you think they go through media training? I'd say within their first year. Okay. Because, uh, like, again, you know, going back to, to McMahon, I've definitely seen seen a bit of a change in him. I mean, he's still happy and he's still goofy, but you can, like, his answers are a little bit, they not necessarily, like, canned, but they're a lot shorter. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so I'd, then- I'd say within their first year. I have a random question for you, and I asked this for a personal reason. Uh, so, sure. S- Sam Hilliard, has he been mm. up with the club, or is he just in the minors? He's just in the minors, but okay. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in September, if not next year. Okay, I think it must have been spring training then that I saw him with the team. Um, mm-hmm. So, and it's weird, and this is weird for a personal reason. So, one of my oldest friends from like school, um, the first person that I met in middle school we were at orientation and they're reading out the names and they said Sam hit. And I thought they were talking about me because I'm Samantha Higgins. And it was a Sam Hilliard. And so I've known him since I was like 13 years old. And so it's so weird every time I see his name come up and I'm always like sending it to my friend. Like, look, you're you're a good baseball player. And he's like, I'm a 34 year old man in Chicago, but okay. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, it's like for a while on like on Twitter before I was working for Purple Row, I would, um, I put on, you know, Sam Bradford because that's like a lot of people for whatever reason cannot pronounce or spell Bradfield. It's it's what? simple. It's just yeah. For whatever reason, Brad and Field. Brad Field. Yeah, it's really hard for people. So I've always been, you know, Sammy Bradford for as long as I can remember. <laughs> and so, and even like last weekend, I was talking to like the uh, the official scorer for the Isotopes, and he he's like, you said Brad Field, right? It's like yeah, Sam Bradfield. He's like, okay, you were you know a couple letters off from being super rich. <laughs> But, you know, that is what it is. But, yeah, well, and, you know, even with Sam Hilliard, every time I talked to him, you know, last week, the Isotopes PR guy was like, Sam, meet Sam. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just kind of this thing. And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. (laughs) Oh, well, see, he remembers you because you share the same name. 
right? That's helpful. Yeah, Josh Fuentes didn't remember me until I reminded him, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, they meet a lot of people. They do, yeah, so it was just kind of fun. Yeah, so something that might not be as fun for you to talk about, um, what was your reaction to the Troy Tulowitzki retirement announcement? Well, first thing I did since I got Photoshop um, last week, I'm working on learning that, was make a congratulations on your retirement Tulo something or other. Cause I'm, you know, weren't learning that, but honestly, like le- seeing that it was, it was bittersweet. Cause like, I, I understand why and why he did. And it was kind of like, you know, it's about time, but not in a, like, it's about time. You know, I, right, I, right. I wasn't surprised at all, I guess is, is a good way to put it. I honestly, I can't even remember what team he was playing on. The last he was on the Yankees. He was on the Yankees. He was. Oh, right. I do remember yep. that. But he hasn't been playing. I mean, he hasn't played in a while, right? He, he has 11 at-bats this year. That's what I figured. Something along <laughs> that number. Yeah, so that that's unfortunate. But, I mean, yeah. it's it's better to, I guess, make a graceful exit before yeah. the alternative, before you get yeah. cut or whatever. Or even before, you know, you injure yourself to the point where right. it's literally like you're being carted off and that's your last memory of being on right. the field. Exactly. So, um, or it, yeah, it affects the rest of your life too. It can, yeah. So, I mean, good, good for him for kind of recognizing that maybe it's time. It's a shame because he was so good. Like, he's honestly the reason I fell in love with the Rockies. I remember, you know, watching them in 07 and going, Tulowitzki, that's a you know, like Buddy the Elf, Tulowitzki, that's fun to say. <laughs> Tulowitzki, Tulowitzki, you know, I, I'm wearing my Troy Tulowitzki shirt jersey right now. Aww. Uh, it's the first one I ever bought. Yeah, I just I always loved him, and even even when you know everybody's like, oh, he's kind of a prick. He only he'll only sign the you know you need to come to Coors Field with me so I can get his autograph because you're a pretty girl and you won't sign for me. You know, I I actually ran into that like my first spring training game. It was him and Cargo like walked right by us, and then they were like stretching like ten feet away while all the minor leaguers are signing autographs. And we're like, dude, you're gonna make the team. Like, stop for five minutes and sign a couple autographs. Right. Uh, but even beyond all the you know kind of the negative press that came around him just for his how like his persona and his attitude like I just could not let go of the fact that you know he was my first favorite Rocky and he you know I kind of I loved him for a while yeah and so yeah when he got traded I was I was really really sad almost as sad as I was when they traded Ubaldo Jimenez and so yeah when like I think the the Blue Jays came into into Phoenix a couple years ago and uh my roommate couldn't go to the game and so I was like well I'm going to go by myself. You know, it was, wrong the, with that? it was the first game I'd ever gone to by myself. And, you know, that was kind of, it was, I think the start of my, you know, independent streak. I was like, I can do things without, without a roommate or without a boyfriend. Like I can actually, you know, be right. an independent woman. <laughs> now I do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not as fun as going with friends or somebody that you can root with, but it's, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I've had a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, well, yeah, you know, one of those, and now I've spoiled myself, because I have, like, a, a, a routine that I go through going at games. You know, I have to get there a couple hours early, which, you know, Justin's always like, God, we have to get there so early, what are we going to do? <laughs> uh, and so, you know, Justin getting... Justin doesn't like, really like baseball, right? No, he's kind of the, you know, buy me a beer and I'll go hang out. Yeah, he's supportive, um, but not enthused. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, we go together and we have a good time. Right. But, um... But, you know, yeah, he won't necessarily go out of his way to go, which which is fine. He's got his own thing. He's into cars, and I, you know, go to car things, and I'm like, okay, sure. So it's a trade-off. But, yeah, so so I'll credit Tulowitzki with, 
you know, helping me realize that I can be independent and be solo and it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, I went to that game and, you know, it had some really good conversations with, with the ushers who were like, oh, Tulowitzki, like, I don't understand why people like him. And so I was able to give them my whole spiel about why I like him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he he's he's got yeah, he's got a special place in my heart. I wasn't completely surprised that he retired, but um, good for him and Godspeed and good luck in Texas. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like. Our favorite players, like, especially when I was a kid, my favorite player was Barry Bonds, of course, because sure. he was Barry Bonds. Um, yeah. And I feel like sometimes for for behavior stuff, you have to, like, compartmentalize, because I think I always knew that Barry Bonds was kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know about the domestic violence and that stuff, but um, sure. found that out as an adult. But, like, <laughs> I was always like, well, he might be a jerk, but he's still my favorite player. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. I don't think that it had... I don't think I could now with the other stuff, but you know, jerk behavior, it's like, eh, it's not great, but it's not, you know, domestic violence, I guess. Yeah. Or, or even kind of on the flip side, you see some guys that are, you know, really great guys are really nice. And then they're, you know, they have struggles or they're just, you know, honestly not very good. And you're like, but he's, he's such so a nice guy. I, I can't like, ugh. yeah. <laughs> can't admit that he's not doing well. Cause he's such a great guy. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of fans can fall into that trap. Yeah. Um, okay, so we do this thing, and it's called the venting corner, or what? We haven't really come up with a, like a permanent name for it yet, but it's uh, a place where you can talk about um, anything that you either want to rant about or that you're really excited about, and you just get to get it out. So, do you have something you wanted to talk about? Gosh. You know, well, you're a cat. You're a cat person. I'm a cat person. Yes. So I, I was thinking about this today, too. And, like, what is it about people who don't like cats? You know, I feel like if people don't like dogs, they're just like, I don't like dogs. And they kind of leave it at that, and they don't, you know, go out of their way to be around dogs. Whereas people who don't like cats are like, cats are the devil. Cats are stupid. No, 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 no. You know, that's just kind of what – that's kind of my observation is people who don't hate who people who hate cats are very adamantly anti-cat whereas people who hate dogs are just kind of indifferent. <laughs> I think that I think that comes from like even you, if you don't like dogs you can like say you're afraid of them or you had a bad experience when you were younger but nobody will buy that about a cat even though cats can be really evil and they can really yes. hurt you. And mm-hmm. I think the cats can sense that you don't like them and they will be even more mean to you. I actually read somewhere that cats, you know, like, because everybody always talks about when they don't like, like, the cats always seem to notice the people who don't like them. And it's because they exhibit a lot of the same behaviors that other cats do, you know, Ah. like, you know, like eye contact or like Mm -hmm. lack of eye contact, you know, when cats look at each other, it's usually more of a dominance or a threat kind of something or other. Whereas if you kind of look at them and look away, then that's kind of a, you know, come here kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of, you know, ignoring the, uh, yeah, I, re- I read somewhere that that seems to be kind of why cats tend to be drawn to people who don't like them for better or worse. <laughs> so That's funny. And I think sometimes they end up winning those people over. I was honestly never a cat person. Um, we had cats when I was little, but I wasn't really like, they weren't like pets so much as like they, you know came in the house when they wanted and they went off and did sure. their thing um and we've had we've had dogs for like the last 10 years um and i moved to an area that has a ton a ton of um stray is not the right term uh feral cats there's just like multiple colonies of them out here mm-hmm. um and 
I'm, I don't really have too much to do with them. I, you know, kind of keep an eye out, make sure they don't get hurt or whatever. Um, but this la like a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, uh, there was this little tiny kitten and it, we kept seeing it across the alley from our apartment and it would just sit there and it was so small. And I mean, like, not like, not like small, like a kitten is small, but small, like emaciated and like just sure. in a really bad way. And we found her like in the street one night and she looked like minutes away from death. Mm. And she was so, she was infected and she was so skinny. And I don't, honestly wasn't sure she was going to make it through that first week. And that kitty was my Bella. <laughs> She's still with us today. And she Funny is Funny how thriving. that works out. Right. And I never expected, I never wanted a cat. Mm -hmm. like, just never actively wanted a cat. But I saw that kitten. I was like, I have to save that baby. I have to save it. And then sure. there was recently another one that is an adult cat with who has babies and she just came up to the door begging and i can't turn her away and now i feed that cat every <laughs> night sure well that's kind of how oh go ahead oh no go ahead i was gonna say that's kind of how like my boyfriend was he didn't grow up with pets at all and so i obviously come with cats right and he he was allergic to them so that was fun because one one of them's long-haired and the other one's right. short-haired and so for whatever reason, like I got, I got these guys when, when I was in college, I got them, they, they were kittens. And at that point, uh, my ex was like, you know, we should get something, but dogs are, you know, we both go to school, you know, 12 hours a day, dogs right. would require a lot more work. So let's get cats. Cause it's kind of a happy medium. And so ended up, you know, we were going to get one adult cat and then we ended up getting two kittens, which, Aww. you know, funny, funny how that works out. Yeah. So anyway, so after we broke up, I took the cats with me. Um, because like my name was on all the papers and all that kind of stuff. And he didn't really want them anyway. And so with my current boyfriend, he was, <laughs> you know, I mean, I come with cats and he was, uh, he's allergic, but now my long haired cat, Pascal is obsessed with him. Of course. And it's, it's hilarious because like, he's finally kind of accepted that Pascal loves him. And I think he, you know, he's, he's still kind of like, Oh no, I don't know. But it's, <laughs> you know, oh, he, he just likes to be petted. I was like, no, I've never seen this cat obsessed with anybody as much as he's obsessed with you. Uh, like as soon as he gets home from work, the cat's in his lap. He's a uh, keeper. And like, Oh yeah. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> my other cat is still kind of not necessarily like aloof. They're starting to get along, but he, you know, Simon's always been my baby. He's always been my cat. Um, and he's just that way with everybody. Like, he'll, you know, say hello to everybody. He'll come out and, like, get pet. But, he, like, I'm the only lap that he'll get in. Right. Oh. So. You're the mama. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so, mine, I kind of have a twofold rant based on my personal opinion and some experiences over the last couple of weeks. So, I don't know how closely you kind of follow the Giants. Um, but, you, you know, everybody's kind of noticed this month that they're having where they have, like, lost like three games i don't know if mm -hmm. it's three but but it's been it's been ridiculous um and it's to me it's kind of the the down the big downside to that is that whenever a team goes on a crazy tear like that and i especially i don't want to say especially but like a team like the giants who's had so much up and down success like three world series in this decade mm -hmm. and some really really bad seasons too it, it um generates some really like kind of hostility among some fans and a uh, willingness to be 
an asshole to other people about those opinions <laughs> and it's like they come out of the woodwork it's like you know we, we'd have a couple of trolls here and there throughout the season or people that just you know had something to say and didn't want to say it very nicely and whatever but since like the beginning of july the people have been out in force in my dms on twitter in my emails on our website and it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, guys, it's it's like one winning month and they've lost their minds and they've got all the hot takes and want to be jerks about it. So that's like really annoying. And then the other one on the other side of that, uh, somebody who actually experiences that as well is um, our, one of our writers for The Athletic um, is Andrew Baggerly. Mm-hmm. And sorry, let me pull up the tweet because I saved it <laughs> for this occasion. Sure. So he... He was making fun of fans who think that the Giants, that it's in the best interest of Madison Bumgarner for the Giants to trade him. Um, Hmm. And that's because of the situation right now with the, um, with free agency and how people with qualifying offers are kind of getting screwed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like it's really kind of, I don't like that mentality where you're making fun of fans for wanting a player to like get paid. Sure. Like, sure, may, sure, maybe Bumgarner doesn't want to be traded, and fair enough. You know, this is the only team he's ever played for. Yeah. But, like, if he wants to look f- towards the future and not be tied down with a qualifying offer, yeah, it is in his best interest, and that's a valid mm-hmm. argument, in my opinion. Yeah. Sorry, that was my no, you're good. of the day. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. I, I totally feel the, you know, again, you know, the ups and downs of the season. Uh, I, you know, the Rockies were awful in in April, three and 12 to start the season. And everybody was like, Oh, season's lost. I'm like, right. guys, it's April 12th. Burn it Calm down. down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're kind of going through that again now because the Rockies are in the opposite boat and have only won five games in July. Mm-hmm. So, so just kind of watching everybody just go, Oh, can't do it anymore. This team's awful. I'm, I'm done. I'm out and being mean, you know, mean to the, you know, our wonderful tweeters, Renee and Ben, and just being super nasty on Twitter and, mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel bad for them because sometimes going through that. But, yeah, just the the ups and downs in the, on the Twitterverse is definitely interesting to follow along with. <laughs> yeah, I feel like as bad as Twitter gets, I feel like it's got nothing on the Facebook fans. Mm-hmm. But we love our Facebook fans. Let's put oh, that yes. out there. They're great. But I feel like it's something about Facebook specifically as a platform that makes people just be forget that they're talking to other people twitter you have that on twitter as well but i find it to be a little bit more so on facebook but that Mm -hmm. that could just be my experience yeah Um, but we love our facebook and twitter fans absolutely (laughs) what we're talking about is a very small but vocal minority of people the rest of you are awesome yes (laughs) Um, so i wanted to give you an opportunity to plug that anything that you have out right now or coming up it sounded like you have an article coming up real soon that we talked about a little while ago yeah, so like I said, I took a, a trip to Albuquerque last weekend to, it's only like a six hour drive from Denver. So I just, you know, hopped on I-25 and went down and spent the weekend in Albuquerque re- uh, interviewing a bunch of different, a bunch of the different prospects. And um, I interviewed, yeah, five prospects. And last week I did, uh, I, I co-host two podcasts with uh, Purple Row. One's called Affected by Altitude, which is uh, just Rocky's talk. And then I do, uh, I work with Eric Garcia McKinley on um, Pebble, the Pebble Report podcast, which since I'm in charge of our Pebble Report, 
minor league reports, um, we decided to make it also into like a, ha- a weekly half hour, just kind of blitz of the minor league kind of thing. And yeah. so we, so we did a podcast last week and my, one of my articles on, uh, Rico Garcia and Ben Bowden went up last week. And then on Monday I'm talking, I have an article coming up about, uh, catcher Dom Nunez. And then I'm also going to be writing about Sam Hilliard. So that's, that's the big one coming up right now. Very so. cool. Yeah. yeah. So you will have to check that out. And uh, where can people find you on social media? So my personal social media is at Sammy B, S-A-M-M-I-E-B underscore 27. And then you can also find us at, at Purple Row. And then the podcasts are at Altitude Effect with an E. And then at Pebble Report. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and we one last thing that we like to do before we let you go. Um, we like to have everybody share their favorite cocktail recipe. Did you have yours? I do. And okay. it was it was really good. We made it last year and really fell in love with it. So it's called um, the Belmont Jewel. So like the, uh, you know, the Kentucky Derby, which, you know, when I don't watch baseball, I like watching uh, horse racing and women's gymnastics for what that's worth. <laughs> um, and so during the Belmont last year, we made uh, Belmont Jewels and it's three ounces of bourbon, four ounces of lemonade, two ounces of pomegranate juice, hmm. and then uh, optional sparkling water. And then garnish is uh, lemon or cherry and like they're super good they're super dangerous because they're super <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah but. that sounds well the pomegranate sounds like an interesting twist on that but yeah it sounds like that could be uh you could have a few too many of those before you realized it yeah so, <laughs> good thing well, the months in the afternoon <laughs> huh said good thing the belmont's in the afternoon <laughs> exactly yeah all right well thank you for joining us it's been a lot of fun yeah definitely thanks for having me on Um, And we'll talk to you guys later. Sounds good. Have a good night, everybody. Big thanks to Sam for joining me this week. Make sure you check her out over at Purple Row and on her podcast, where she covers the Rockies minor league system. Speaking of podcasts about the minor leagues, make sure you're subscribed to the McCovey Croncast feed for Rogers Prospect Podcast, more episodes of the Happy Hour, and the OG Croncast itself. And if you feel so inclined, maybe give us a rating and review so people can find us easier. Thank you for listening and have a great week.